I'm Stephen Hunt. Welcome to the Active Performance Podcast, a podcast that gives top global managers and their teams the confidence and power of clarity to grow their international business in innovative ways. This week, boosting motivation for big changes in a global company. All companies go through major complex change. Here's what to do if you want to keep everyone's motivation high over months and months of a major change initiative. Most of you have been there. The first week of January, the start of a new year, and you decide to set new goals, your new year resolutions, those promises we make in the cold, dark nights of January to make it a good year. You know the type of promises I'm talking about. Healthy eating, getting fit, saving more money, learning a new skill or hobby. We all make big promises in our change plans, but how many of us keep those promises? You might like to know these statistics from Gallup. So at the end of 2019, they asked people two questions. Did you make a New Year's resolution in January this year? And how long did you keep it? So you can decide which group you're in because there are three groups and they are these. In the first six months, 45% of people gave up on their promise. So that's from January to June. In months 7 to 12, only 9%, that's roughly 1 in 10 people, gave up. So that leaves us with 54% of people that are still going after 12 months. So how do you make sure you're not in the 45% that gave up in the first six months and that you're in the... 54% that are still going. The first piece of awareness is simply this. If you stick to your promises and change plans until the end of June, that's the first six months, there's a very high probability that you will keep your promise after 12 months. In fact, you have an 80% probability of staying motivated to achieve your goal if you're still doing it in June. And that's according to research from The Economist magazine. For those of you who are global managers, a more typical question that is asked or certainly is asked to me is, how do I do this at scale? How do you get all the managers and employees at a global organizational level, which can be hundreds of employees, to stay motivated over many months? How do you keep your organization's change initiative going? There are two obvious limitations as a global manager that you have. One is time and the other is energy. You don't have unlimited energy to motivate people. And even if you did, you don't have endless time to motivate others. So let's look at what is a wise investment of your time and how you can keep big complex change going over months and over years. I think what you have to do is reverse the question and ask when are employees, when are managers likely to give up? And it's not actually the first four weeks. The critical points are the first two weeks of the second month and the first six months. So let's look at what we can do before, during and after those critical points. Your first time horizon is the first four weeks. In that time period, your employees and your managers are figuring out what the complex change means for them personally and how to react. So the questions they're asking themselves is, what is this change about? What does it mean for my job? What does it mean for the type of work I'm doing? Who will be my boss? 
and who will I be working with? This high level of interest peaks at around week four. And if any of your managers doubt you when you tell them that, ask them this question. After Christmas, we know that everybody signs up for fitness club memberships. The peak week is when? It's week three of the new year. It's the third week of January because that's when people are most likely to go to the gym. So what you want to be doing is use those four weeks in January to orientate people, to show them where the change is going to go. But there's a second thing you want to be doing in that first month, and that is defining your in-group. The reason's quite simple. People feel more secure about going through change when they feel like they're part of a group. The group is like an extended part of themselves and they want to get close to that and they enjoy being close to that. In other words, they want to be with other people and stay with other people. You might want to think of it like this. If you feel close to the people you work with, you're more likely to physically be closer to them. You will sit closer to them. Your chairs will be closer to them when you're in a meeting room. If you feel distant from them, the opposite will happen. Your chairs will be further apart. Your language will be more divisive. So what you want in January is to really create a sense of being in the same group. So you want to engage your managers so that they can engage their employees because the employees will listen most to the people who they're closest to. And that is not going to be you because you're three or four layers above them. So let's say... The big structural change is you're trying to introduce more quality initiatives into the company. You're doing this on a global scale across functions and across locations. There's two things we need to consider, the messenger and the message. Of course, an important messenger is you. You also want the managers below you to be messengers and the employees below them to be messengers because we listen to people who we think are most like us. And what those people do is what influences us the most. So when I say like us, there are actually two types of likes. People who are like us in a prescriptive way and people who are like us in a descriptive way. Firstly, prescriptive includes people I imagine I'm like. This explains why celebrities and YouTube influencers can make change happen. Because people want to be like the image they have of that person. The second type of like are the people who are descriptively like me. In other words, they have the same characteristics. So what you want to be building in January is this sense of group norms. And all groups have norms or rules, standards that they stick to. The basic message that you have to define the in-group follows a very simple formula. The formula for a great message is... To be a great member of this group, do X. And X is whatever you want the group to be doing. So if we take the recent messages around COVID-19, very simply, if you want to be a good member of society, please stay at home. If you care about customers, focus on the quality of service they're getting. If you want to be the best engineer in the world and you want us to be the best engineering company in the world, focus on the quality of the design process. These are all messages you can send out to people and you need to be doing this, or at least start doing it, 
in the first four weeks. And that's because you will see a big drop off in motivation at around the six week level. To use our fitness club and gym analogy, this is the point where most people give up. Six weeks in, a cold Tuesday night in February, nobody wants to go to the gym. It's the same thing with change initiatives. A lot of excitement and interest at the start, quickly dissipating, evaporating in the middle of the sixth week. Week six is where you really want to be investing a lot of time and a lot of energy, sitting down with people, getting into dialogues, explaining the rationale behind the change, creating those in-group characteristics and also creating the out-group characteristics. The out-group characteristics can be what you don't want to be. So that can be stories, examples, where you see in the business people not doing what you want them to do. Or even better, you see in other businesses examples where they're ignoring the customers or their design process is not considering what customers actually need. And that in itself creates an outgroup which you can exploit later. So what you're doing here is giving people a sense of this is a group. You can be in this group and letting them want to get close, choose to get close and actually enjoy being in, the, in that group. Notice how at this point we're heavily into dialogue. We're not pushing it onto people, we're inviting them to step in and join this change process and this change movement. So we'll say that you've done everything well in the first four weeks. You've got people oriented. In the first six weeks, you've got your in-groups defined and everybody in the company is able to get into one of those in-groups if they choose to. What do you do next? The biggest risk then is that over the ne next four and a half months, people will lose the energy. And the way to keep the motivation up is to start to embed the new practices in rituals. So you need to put shared rituals strongly into the foundation of the new organization. So that could be a weekly catch up. That could be a blog, that could be a V-blog that you send out to people. It could be quite simply taking the time to visit people in different locations and listen to what they have to say. It could be taking the time to connect uh, on Zoom or Skype, Microsoft Teams, whatever you're using, and just listen to what they have to say. That is what will keep people engaged. If they have issues and they bring them up, of course, resolving those issues, finding solutions and showing them that you've resolved the issues will make them engage even more because they see that your norms are descriptive norms. You're doing what you say you're going to do. And one thing I'll promise you, if you keep doing this for six months and you do it consistently and with high quality, you orientate people, you have social norms, you invite people to join the in-group and you always leave the door open for them, you take the time to dialogue with, with them, then almost for sure you are in that group that has an 80% chance of maintaining the momentum and keeping the motivation high for not only a month, not only six months, but in actual fact, all through the year and beyond. I'm Stephen Hunt. Thank you for listening. Join me next time for more on how top global managers 
use confidence in the power of clarity to grow their business.